Hello and welcome to the Hello Judges podcast. My guest this week is Stephen Houston from Lucid Coffee Roasters. Stephen is a two times Irish Brewers Cup champion, an Irish Aeropress champion, and recently came second in the UK Roasting Championships. Our chat is all about Stephen's experience across these competitions and loads more. This podcast has been ground at number seven on an EK43 brewed in a glass Kalita wave with a total contact time of just over one hour. This long brew time really helps to accentuate the complex acidity in this podcast. Please enjoy. Stephen, welcome to the podcast. Thanks very much for having me, Will. Uh, absolute pleasure to have you on. Uh, let's start off by finding out what coffee you're drinking at the moment. Um, I'm actually drinking a test roast of a coffee that landed this, well, last week. Um, it's one of my Brazilian coffees I get from Mio. Um, it's a, it's a, they had a couple of lots last year that were kind of segregated off and they did some experiments. This is like a semi, semi-carbonic macerated pea berry. Um, so I just did my first roast of it there a few days ago. So I'm just giving it a quick trial to see how it's tasting. So we'll see where we go from there. <laughs> exciting it's unusual to see you know semi-carbonic coming out of brazil a pea berry yeah. sounds like quite an exciting lot yeah no it's it's uh, yeah it's tasting pretty it's still probably a bit on the fresh side kind of regret brewing i probably should just cupped it but i just needed a a relatively like nice coffee for the morning to get me kind of started <laughs> <laughs> yeah definitely um before we get stuck into competition stuff um mm-hmm. UK roasting champion Diana Johnston Ledesma asks, yeah. "What's the story behind your roastery name?" Roastery name? It's that's uh, it's a very good one and something I can take very little credit for. My uh, my dear wife Elaine, um, back whenever we first, uh, I suppose, came up with the co- you know trying to figure out the concept of you know transitioning from a career in another roastery to I move into my own thing. And one of the things that was always, uh, you know, when we were brainstorming ideas or brainstorming kind of like, what, you know, what do you want this roastery to be? What what do you find most important? Um, and things like, you know, accessibility are really important to me and like making things easy to understand. And we were we played around with different names, different pseudonyms, loads of different stuff. But it was my, my wife, Elaine, basically was like, oh, like Lucid. And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, well, Lucid literally means like, easy to under, you know, like basically, uh, you know, clear, easy to understand, accessible, vivid, you know, all the things that we kind of look for in coffee. So it's like breaking down something that can be quite complicated, but making it plain to see and make it easy for people to understand. So that's kind of what the, I suppose, the dictionary definition of, you know, easy to understand um, is what Lucid means. So that was kind of the sort of starting of then, how do we build the business around that? So. Is that sort of a mantra of accessibility and easy to understand something that you've um, like practiced in competition before with your routines? I, I, th- I think so. Like, you know, being able to express something clearly when you look at score sheets or you look at what you're trying to convey, if it's a message or even just down to like, you know, descriptors, making them you know easy for a judge to understand, making them easy for someone to understand or get you know, I'm, I'm kind of back it up as well. So people feel, I suppose it's trying to build a routine or trying to, you know, convince someone of what you're talking about. If you can kind of make it easy for them to understand, but it's very clearly expressed as what you said, then that's kind of like, yeah. you should score well in the competition in that sense. Yeah, definitely. 
So you've been the Irish Brewers Cup champion twice, mm -hmm. uh, 2017, 2019. Mm -hmm. Can you remember what you presented in 2017 and why you chose to do your routine as it was? I think it's like, I mean, when you look back, it's kind of like at the time you're like, God, I'm so good at this. And then you look back now and you're like, whoa, what was I thinking? Um, you know, I, I kind of, I started competing the year before and had an absolute disaster of kind of just like, I, I, I'm i quite a competitive person. So I like throwing myself into things because I feel that's the best way to kind of learn, um, you know, with a deadline. And I kind of just didn't prepare enough at all, like at all. And it was a horrible experience over time. I got DQ'd, everything went wrong. Um, so then the following year was like, well, I, I think I can still do this. I want to, you know, try and find something i really enjoy or find a coffee that i really love and that'll hopefully help um and basically just then coming up to that competition was uh jan who was our green coffee bar he had presented us with a, a naturally processed mocha um it's I, and again this is you know i'd only been working in coffee for what three years at that stage so i'd never even heard of this coffee before um but i loved it because it was like as a roaster just looking at these tiny little dense beans and it had all these amazing like I couldn't believe it it had all these real like incredible flavors like butterscotch and Turkish delight and these kind of really unusual flavor profile um and then that was kind of the sort of kind of just more for myself when I competed that year was just to be like right don't come last again you know I've got a coffee I really love it's really interesting it's kind of weird kind of like me you know it, it kind of fitted my personality I think a little bit as well so I tried to structure things a bit better. I read the rules properly. And it kind of was more of a process of like, go out there, enjoy it, present this really weird coffee that you love. And that was kind of, I suppose, the sort of, yeah, I suppose that was kind of the idea behind it. There wasn't really much of like a real message I was trying to convey. It was more a personal journey of like getting better at roasting, understanding these new varietals that you've never heard of. And then obviously trying to showcase that to a judge. So. I think that was up. <laughs> Amazing. And it was, uh, was it Finca Monteverde? Yeah. Monteverde, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I've, I've not tasted mocha from Monteverde before, yeah. but I've tasted it from other producers. And it's like, it's such a interesting and different cultivar. It's so bizarre. I mean, it's, I think that's why I loved it because it was, I couldn't believe it was real. Whenever we were sample roasting and cupping it, I was like, this is a, this is a joke. Like they've sent you this by accident. This is like, because I've, ne I've never seen a more, it was so perfectly sorted and the beans are just, they look, they look like Cocoa Pops. They're so small and so round, but it was just, again, yeah, like getting to see that. And then when you roasted it, trying to figure out how to roast something like that was a bit of a challenge. But when you tasted it, it was like, because it's like, you wouldn't imagine what it was going to taste like. And I thought that was kind of, and it's kind of something I like to try and keep when it comes to competitions and not relying on something that's, oh, that'll definitely win because it's a, a geisha or it's processed this way or whatever. You know, finding something that is got a little bit of a story, it's kind of unusual or it's kind of weird. And I think that's kind of, I'm more, um, I'm, I have more admiration for stuff like that than I do of just kind of, I mean, I love all coffees, but, you know, something like that kind of sticks with me more of my personality, I think, as well. When you've got a different, deeper connection to it, I feel like, you sell it more in how to talk about it on the stage. Oh, absolutely. Like, I think that's, I've spoke to a lot of people um, like I've helped over the years with competing and things like that. Um, it, it becomes, it comes across a lot more genuine and you do, you know, again, most, I'd like to think most people who compete are very passionate about coffee. So finding something that you'd love talking about, plus 
the added bonus of like maybe you were at the farm or you were you know um you know you, you have a real connection to that coffee or you just love it because you drink it every day because well with competition you end up drinking it every day um you know and it, it comes a lot easier so even if you're nervous or you start panicking you make a mistake you still feel a little bit more comfortable than oh god i just picked this coffee because it was really expensive or I, I i you know i saw someone else use it and they won so i'll use it you know it's i i, I always believe it will not it'll not come across as genuine or as yeah. genuine for sure definitely so how did you prepare differently for 2019 after 2017 um yeah i mean it was uh it was quite an interesting journey because then i think i in 2017 the brewers cup final was in i think it was april and then it was like end of april and then i was competing in budapest in june so it was a very very short turnaround i never have you know this is only my second competition to go to the worlds with very little experience kind of just kind of blew my mind a little bit but it did get it did give me a good kind of insight of like seeing what it takes to be at the the, I suppose the next level going to the world seeing literally the best of each of the countries there seeing how they prepared you know kind of absorbing a lot i felt pretty good going there i mean i was nervous and a bit overwhelmed but i'd like to think i got to see what it was really like or what 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 do you really need to do to put the effort in to win this or get to the top 10 say you know how do you how do you do that um so then when it came around to 2018 to compete again really kind of went to more structure in terms of like training plan you know, I was still working full-time the Bailey's who I used to work for were very supportive of wanting people or people wanting to compete so they were very good with giving me time and yeah it was great help with sourcing great coffees and giving me lots of options so I felt really confident coming into the 2018 season in terms of like I've been really tra- I'd probably doubled the amount of training I'd done workflow looking at the score sheets really looking at flavor descriptors you know really trying to understand like how do you how do you win this again because i i felt i felt i did okay in the world's but i wanted to do it again because it was like i enjoyed the experience um and then 2018 came around used the same farm i used the whoosh whoosh varietal which was, again was pretty unusual very extreme <laughs> difference in terms of flavor profile um and i came third that year so it was really kind of like it was a bit bittersweet because it was like right i know i can i can go to that next level of like doubling say the amount of training hours that i put in but it wasn't enough you know whatever there's probably other issues in that whole competition and that it was a one day event and you know yeah there's very little room for maneuver in terms of there's no compulsory round it was just a final essentially so it, it was a bit disappointing on that side so again 2019 came around and it was like right you know you can do it again let's find a good coffee and go through the process again and i felt more like i think experience definitely came through a little bit more i'd been there before this is the third time i've done it this is the third time i've prepared for something um so again just kind of refinement and just kind of sticking with it and knowing you know you're happy with the coffee you're happy with the roasting of it you know and building that kind of i suppose confidence in myself of just you know being able to have the resources to be able to get the time to do it but also then kind of pushing myself a little bit more to like i really want to do this again like i really i you know i there's a great it's a great feeling of coming you know coming in the top three or, or winning you know so it's kind of like it's hard not to want that again um but i was very fortunate just for the 2019 just everything kind of fell into place i was able to train a little bit more happy with the coffee and just kind of performed in that sense but um it was then going to the worlds again i felt like i'd done everything right i made a mistake on stage 
And then it was like, you know, so it's it, it, it's still a little bit bittersweet for me because it's like, I know how much effort you need to put in to do well, but there's still things you can refine. There's still things that can go wrong. So it's like, you know, always adjusting each time you do it. So. Yeah, one thing that I always think about is when people have uh, won their national competition before and then they compete in the Worlds and then the next year comes around and they want another shot at doing well in the Worlds. So they enter the national competition again. There's a lot of pressure going in as like the reigning champion, right? Mm -hmm. I witnessed it, um, I think it was last year in the UK or uh, technically 2022. Yeah. Um, when uh, Matteo, who had previously won it, he entered again and he came uh, third. I think he was third, maybe. He was second or third, yeah. Yeah, and you feel you feel for like people like that because, like, obviously we we enter these competitions and we all want to win it so bad. Mm -hmm. um, but it's it's amazing that you went through that, and obviously, I'm sure, you know, coming third place is great, but I'm sure you were disappointed that you didn't win it. Um, oh, absolutely, yeah it's just amazing that you kept the fire in you to like right i'm gonna go again next year give it another shot mm -hmm. but that was yeah like i, I kind of feel like that was that's what kind of gave me more confidence as well it's like no i feel like i can do it i know i can you know the, the feedback i got in 2018 was okay but it kind of it made me change my kind of view on like what coffees i should bring or you're just kind of just making those small adjustments to kind of see if you can do it again because i for me it's like the especially it's probably changed a bit now with the new scores scoring system but you know you look at the score sheet where did you fall down right there are the things you need to work on for next you know so it's kind of like you can always you get that live feedback it's disappointing but i i learned more probably from that so it was actually kind of good timing wise that you got that extra time to actually refine things and i was i was a bit under i was under less pressure coming into 2019 because it was not like oh i'm doing it again and i've won it the previous year and i know i have to kind of uphold that again where it's kind of like okay i came third last year cool let's see if you know if i come third or or don't place this year maybe that's time to call a day or whatever but i you know i want it so i was like okay so point proven that you know you can kind of play the game a little and kind of you know see where you sit and kind of then hopefully you've then got the opportunity to go back to the world which is where you you know you really want to be and sort of see where you stand obviously on the world scale so yeah yeah definitely is it um pretty safe to assume that with you now having your own business being a one-man band you don't have the uh time to commit to uh doing that again um I, I it's not off the table at all like i i do miss it um i spoke to a couple of people recently um you know about competing and even seeing a friend of mine got was competing in brewers cup and going through the processes of you know, trying to, I, I, I feel like I always want to help people if I can, or sit and, you know, do judging for them, or, you know, if I can help them with green coffee. And I, I like that side of it, you know, as well, which is great being in uh, owning a business and kind of being in that position. If someone needs help, being able to be actually like, oh, actually, yeah, I can get you coffee and I can give it to you to make you, give you that opportunity. So a lot, a lot of what I want to do going forward is obviously create the same opportunities I was given back when I worked for Bailey's, I was always given opportunities to sort of grow and create, you know, different things. Um, so being now on this side of it, I'm like, oh, I love to be able to do that for someone. If I help someone, like give them coffee or train them or whatever, and they went to the world or they won a championship, brilliant. Like we all win in that sense because it's cool. I got to use some of my experience, but also given that opportunity to maybe someone who might not have 
competed in the first place you know so things like that are very important to me um but i i do miss it i'm high, like i'm a very competitive person so it's like when i see i've seen all the brewers cup that you know a couple of weeks ago i was like oh jeez i really miss that i mean it's horrible like the stress like the stress you put yourself under and the time you have to put into it but yeah like I, i'm 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 been a lot more the last few months have been a real less like a lot of lessons learned around my own time and capabilities that i am just i was stretching myself too thin and now it's like you know i have to kind of pull back a little bit i've had to say no to things which i hate doing i had to cancel coming over to cafe culture in the first you know because i was just too overwhelmed with things and it's like i have to focus on the business i have to try and stabilize things here um but yeah that it, it's a couple weeks ago i was a bit down about it but now i'm like right this is the opportunity now i need to bring someone in who can take a little bit of the load off and then build them hopefully to be a member of staff and then they can take over things all of a sudden you start building a team all of a sudden you've got oh wait i can start competing again so hopefully i mean i i i do i do miss it and i always said that i would like to compete in something like barista more as a challenging part for myself because I, I never worked as a barista i've never worked in a cafe in my life i started off as a you know a roastery assistant and kind of stayed on that side of it so doing barista terrifies me and i've seen how people do well in it and i'm like geez could i do that but again it's that's how i always believe you get better and whether you come last or you place you'll learn something that along that journey and i think that's kind of where i want to be at you know especially something as as difficult and as complex as barista for sure yeah the barista is a, a really interesting one because if you think about a barista working on a bar a lot of the time there's a lot of like speed involved and workflow is designed around getting customers good coffee quickly but mm -hmm. then in the barista championships it's all about making it in a very specific way to you know it's a different set of rules to learn mm -hmm. and um yeah, like you might not necessarily need to have, uh, you know, a history of being a barbarista to succeed yeah. in it. That's, I mean, it's kind of, you know, there's there's rules there. There's a score sheet. It's, you know, it's refining what you do. And like, yeah, I can make, I mean, I like to think by now, I can make espresso, I can steam milk, you know, I can do those things that you need to do. But it's, and it's the same with whenever I started competing in Brewers Cup, you know, the year before, maybe 2014, 2015, to ask me to even stand up somewhere and talk, it was terrifying. But you know, competition and doing that and putting yourself out there really helped with my confidence in terms of oh, actually, yeah, I feel comfortable here, or actually, I do know what I'm talking about, so I'll, I'll, I want to present this. Um, it helped me massively. So again, going through that process, I know it'll be very difficult, especially not having actually competed in a number of years yeah. in that sense. But you know, that that process will help me learn an awful lot whether it's roasting, you know, just, or yeah, just getting better at like understanding your score sheets and understanding how to like convey your message. Um, and that's, it excites me. So it's like, yeah, I, even talking about it now, I'm like, oh yeah, next year, maybe. <laughs> yeah. It's not, you know, it's always nice and exciting to have new challenges, new things to try and learn, different things to try and get good at. Uh, especially, you know, when, you start to get into your thirties, you mm -hmm. think like, oh, you know, maybe I should just stick with what I'm good at and keep doing it now. Like I'm, a, I'm in it for the long haul, but it's, yeah. you know, still branching out and taking on new things is always exciting. No, absolutely. Like it's even the same with like, 
like I'm I'm getting closer to 40 now, which is the scarier thing. But it's uh, you know, I started like a, I started jujitsu training a couple of years ago. So like what 2019 I started. And it's like, oh god, I can't do because you're training with guys who are like 17, 18, they're you know, in the prime of their life in terms of energy. But you know, it's the same thing. It's like this was difficult for me to do, but I wanted to challenge myself on something that wasn't to do with coffee, that wasn't just kind of was outside of that. Um and it's been and actually it's been a, such a positive impact in terms of like i'm learning something new looking after my body looking after my mind and, that, and then that kind of makes then my day-to-day business my day-to-day running of things a lot simpler actually because you kind of feel better mentally and physically so yeah i think for me it's all about having the mindset of knowing what you want to get out of it like mm-hmm. um for example you didn't I don't, I mean, I'm assuming you didn't sign up to jiu-jitsu to be like, okay, I'm going to do this because I'd like to be the world champion in jiu-jitsu. Yeah. You did it because you you wanted to do something for you. You wanted to improve certain things. Mm-hmm. And like competition, you can be like, you know what, I want to enter it to mm-hmm. become the UK barista champion or I want to enter it to, you know, really get better at making coffee in a really short space of time. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Like I think I've said that to other competitors before. It's like, what is it you want to get out of this? Is it do you want to win? You know, is it is it that you want? Then that's the kind of mindset you need, or is it you want the experience, or you want to do as you say, improve yourself or challenge yourself? There's different ways of looking at it, and then that will sort of determine, I suppose, the amount you put into it. Because then what you realize very quickly is like, oh, I wanted to win and I come last. I didn't put. Did I not put enough effort in? Where do I need to adjust? And then you kind of build from there. So it's it's always like if you don't win, you're always learning. You know, it's that's kind of my mentality. It's like if you don't win, but you definitely learn something and kind of always stepping in that direction. Yeah, definitely. Have you got any other advice that you'd give to first time competitors in Brewers Cup? Um it's a tough one because it's like, I mean, I like the hardest thing i think for a lot of people i've seen before is like it's kind of the accessibility of things like how accessible is it for like a part-time race to kind of get into brewers cup um but for me it's like you if you want to do it it's kind of like i try to go to as many things as possible where it's like trade shows or even going to a competition and volunteering at it i always tend to tell people if you're unsure about competing or you you think about doing it volunteer at the next one be timekeeper do something that kind of let you see it firsthand so it's like volunteering we're keeping time you're seeing how people prepare gives you that kind of little bit of a i suppose a little bit of an insight of like oh right this is quite a lot i don't know if i want to do that or you kind of make those connections you're backstage you're helping you know people bring trolleys in you actually get to talk to these competitors and that's kind of i mean sorry i learn all the time is like spending time with other competitors or other coffee professionals um it just gives you feel a bit more confident you're like all right i kind of i can visualize how maybe I would feel doing this. I think that's really, really important just because when people go into it without any experience, it can be, you know, um, it can obviously be very overwhelming, even for seasoned competitors. So starting off first time and not having any idea going into it, I think it's having kind of like good connections and kind of just, I suppose, like find, if you can find the right people to work with, I think a lot of people kind of forget like you need you need people to help you in terms of like your team or it's the roastery or presenting or if you're lucky enough you work for a roastery or a really good cafe who can support it it's having the support and i suppose the the resources to be able to do it and that's something i've like again i want to do with the business is being able to offer that to people if you're wanting to compete for the first time 
let, let me get you some coffee, let me give you some equipment you can borrow and give people those opportunities because I think that's how everyone grows. Like I'll learn something from helping someone who's just competed for the first time. But for me, like the, the best advice is like, you know, whether it's like going and volunteering at Sabres Cup or one of the SCA events, or even just um, like sign up for the AeroPress competition, you know, things that get you into what it's like to compete. You might make coffee every day, but it's a totally different environment when you step on a stage. You know, so it's like kind of like, and whereas the AeroPress is quite inaccessible and because it's not super expensive, you could actually, you could turn up with just an AeroPress and you could win the whole thing. You know, so it's kind of like this kind of fun element, but also like, again, people who win it usually have practiced a little bit or they've put a little bit more effort into understanding what they want to achieve from it, what kind of coffee do they want to produce, things like that. So it's again, like, for me, it's like, for me personally, it's like visualization and experience. So like going to see a competition, the year before I competed probably would have helped me massively or I shouldn't have competed in 2016 because I had no idea what it was going to be like. So then once I'd seen it, understood it, went back the following year and I won it. So it was again, that kind of like, for me personally, it's like that kind of visualization or even just acclimatization to what competition feels like. Cause once you've got that, you can kind of build everything else around that for sure. And ask questions, just like, I mean, I, I love answering questions from people. Not that I get as much time now, but, you know, I would love people to ask more questions about how to compete or what they want to do or, you know, I think it's, it, it, it is a very close-knit industry, but, you know, there's plenty of people out there who want to help. Um, and again, it's like, you, like you mentioned earlier, it's like, it's not like you're giving away all your secrets. In fact, if I help someone, it's just going to make me probably work harder. You know, because it's like, right, well, I've helped you, but I was still want to win this. So it's, you know, you know, you want you always want to kind of improve yourself too. So, yeah, I completely agree. Like, competing's like definitely not uh, a game, uh, a lone wolf. Like, it's not about going on your own. And if you work somewhere and the business you work for isn't like super supportive, they're not like, you know, going to give you time or whatever. There's always other people that you know will and that doesn't mean that you need to stop working where you work like you can you know drop someone a message on instagram and be like oh, i'm thinking about competing i know you've got great experience no i think it's again it's you find that usually quite quickly that people are willing to help as well and like uh, kind of gives you a bit more confidence being like okay like everyone's quite friendly and like or you know it's it, it's still a competition at the end of the day i can't we can't forget that but you can definitely gain those little bits of advice those little things and that can usually help you then create your own kind of environment for yourself and kind of understand like what is it i want to convey like oh, i spoke to this person she won it before or they won this before and they told me this really good bit of advice but how can i change that to make make it my own i think that's kind of important too it's like you know don't just call don't just watch youtube and be like cool right write everything down change the favorite notes and do the same thing because it'll again we mentioned that it's it'll not come across genuine Whereas there's something you really love or passionate about and you can link a coffee to it or you can link an experience to it. Amazing. Talk about that because that's you. That's then the judges will see that when you talk when when you go out and present for the first time. You might be super nervous, but you're like, oh no, I, this is this is something I'm really passionate about. And I think that's that that's a lot better than just copying and pasting someone else's, obviously. It, it, again, depends what you want to get out of it. Do you just want to do it to do it, you know, <laughs> to, to get through it, you know, but I don't think that's probably the best way to get into competition. <laughs> it's not worth it. 
so you mentioned like one of your pieces of advice uh, was just, you know, sign up and do the AeroPress competition because it's probably one of the competitions, maybe along with cup tasters, with like the lowest barrier to entry. Mm-hmm. And in 2019, you won the Irish AeroPress Championships. That's right, yeah. Did your um, compulsory prep for brewers help you with that? Um, to a little extent, yeah, because, I mean, 2019 was a, a pretty, <laughs> a really wild year for, like, being super busy and doing a lot. Because, um, I mean, the funnier thing was going into Brewers' Cup, the two times that I won it, we never did a compulsory round in Ireland. The competitions were always very, very small. So there was always, it was usually only, like, the first year I won it, it was over two days. There was a semi-final and a final. Um, 2018 it was just a final and then in 2019 it was a one day semi-final and final of the top three so I know I had experience of doing open service but no real experience of doing compulsory um so it was weird going then to the worlds and having to like kind of go right how do you, you know how do you do this how do you adjust to it um but yeah like I think it definitely helped in terms of you know how do you break down you know do you what's the plan you can't just like pick it up throw it into the grinder and just hope for the best you might be lucky <laughs> not, not impossible just to do that but you know trying to understand what kind of coffee it is is it dense is it quite is it you know is it low altitude high altitude is it process what is it you know kind of breaking down those little things um to how you then attack them of like right well i know this is probably a wash central so this is my plan of attack to create this kind of brew um so going into the compulsory it was kind of going through those having a few recipes of different maybe brew methods so in the in compulsory in 2019 i used uh, the little clever drippers you know the 250 mil ones and we had like you know three kind of set recipes of like um there's you know i had sort of three set recipes of like well if it's this kind of coffee we go here to this kind of coffee we go there and kind of having a few plans of attack because you don't know what it's going to be like and everyone is using the same coffee same water same grinder especially in compulsory so you're just trying to find something that will like set you apart what will stand out or what can you make stand out in this coffee so having done the aeropress before um i'd actually judged it before i get competed in it once kind of like last minute someone pulled out and I jumped in, had no clue what I was doing. Um, and then the year, it was the year after Brewers Cups 2017, I judged it. So getting to see how many ways you could brew the same coffee was actually staggering for me because we, we we had sponsored it that year. Um, and I couldn't, it was amazing coffee. It was also, also like, how have you done this to this coffee? Like, how does it taste so bad? <laughs> what did you do? So it was always kind of like, Wow, there, there's so much, you know, flexibility. So that was when I was competing again. It was trying to, what can I do to change the brew? What makes it stand out, especially in the AeroPress? Because judges have to spray, I wouldn't say strict criteria. It's like they have to pick the cup they would drink. Which one would they drink out of the three? Everyone's using the same coffee, similar water, similar grind, you know, everything quite similar. So it was like, what can you do to set yourself apart? So I did experiment a lot more with like different filtration different waters, different temperatures, and just kind of building up little adjustments of like, right, if it, if it tastes like this, this is where I'll adjust to, or, you know, this is the direction I need to go in. So it definitely gave me a lot more insight into like, how would I approach the AeroPress competition? Because it's, it's the same thing, really. It's like, how do you make this stand out and taste better than the other two? Or at least, if not better, different 
that it'll stand out that the because you could be in the final with three people brewing very good coffees. So what makes yours more memorable to a certain extent? So there's a little bit of a game to play, I think, with the AeroPress as well. It's kind of it might not necessarily, especially this is before they change the rules where you could use absolutely ridiculous amounts of coffee. I think the year I won it, I used like 35, 36 grams of coffee to 100 grams of water. And then, and then you know, bypassed and diluted it. I mean, on, on its own, it probably tastes okay, but it stood out massively when they cupped it each time. So that was kind of then the memory. So each judge, oh yeah, that one's quite good. So there's a little bit of a game to play with that, but it definitely did give me a lot more confidence of being able to like, it's like when someone sends, I would do a lot of coffee swaps, someone just sends me a, a bag of their coffee, they've never had it before. It's like, oh cool, it's a washed Ethiopian, right? What would, I, what would I do with my own? So definitely kind of like, it just gets you to think a little bit more about like, what do you want to achieve in the cup? And what, you know, what's the end goal, I suppose. Yeah, definitely. So um, since, 2019 you've um did you mention you you've got a role sort of helping coordinate competitions with the sca in ireland so it's kind of well i'm actually this year i was the community coordinator for sca ireland um so it's kind of like more an advisory role it's one of those things i've been a bit i suppose i've been a bit more i mentioned it there about my own limitations of like time and um my, my own kind of personal time to be able to do things like this voluntary like the SCA or I mean like uh, anything like that it is voluntary so it's your own time you're having to sort of sacrifice to do it and I I, I do believe in it absolutely like it's something I'm very I, I've got to experience you know great events and being able to be part of the community um and I got elected kind of like wasn't expecting it and sort of thought yep yeah, cool I'll say yes this sounds great it'd be really cool to be involved more with the community and it, it hasn't been without its challenges with just a lot of different things, but also my own personal time with running the business, having a child, all these different things that kind of, you know, keep you busy. I, I feel like it not, I don't feel, I don't feel I've achieved an awful lot this year with it, which is disappointing for me because it's something I believe is really important. And, you know, we've always struggled in Ireland, specifically the SA Ireland of, drumming up that kind of like getting more people involved the competitions were always quite lowly attended over the last few years um which has been it, it's disappointing especially if you're putting all that effort and to do very well in it and there's only six people in the competition it's good there's a good chance you could win because there's less people to beat but it became it became very difficult then when you went to the world because you've like you've not done any heats you've not done really much competition and then you're going in kind of overwhelmed so the people who would usually do well at these are people who've done it before, been to the world, come back, do it again, you know, and, and, and it's a good way to kind of maintain your, I suppose, your status. And if you want to you know, achieve top six in the world, then it's, it's a great opportunity. But for me, it was like, I did sort of want to try and reach out to the community a lot more and try and figure out why are they so lowly attended? Is it, what is the issues? Is it accessibility? Is it too expensive? Is there just not enough information about them? Is it a confidence thing? What, you know, what is it kind of thing? Um, so I think, I think I've got it. I think it's a two year stint. So I have another year of it. So hopefully now with a bit more free time, I can kind of hopefully try and achieve, you know, something a bit better this year. Um, Cause it would be good to see bigger competitions or, and we did do it with, with, um, you know the brewers cup and stuff like that was we had a compulsory round the last couple of years so small incremental changes it's just trying to figure out 
why is it that people don't compete and why is it kind of there's there always seems a lot of hurdles where it comes to like where do we host them and all these different things i, I mean i like the uk model in terms of like having the regional heats and you know kind of they're more accessible because especially for brewers cup it's not as expensive to enter a heat you actually do get into the top 12 or 14 gives you a bit more power to be like look i'm in the semi-finals of this first cup you can you know reach out to the roasteries you have a bit more kind of credibility i suppose and also kind of gets people who are like wow you're really putting the effort in so i think there's kind of like a good competitive spirit in that sense um and if you just want to do it to you know experience it it's a great way to do it because you get to do a compulsory round you get to meet other competitors you get that little bit of experience and you'll learn from it again for next year whereas here it's very much like um it's very much kind of like it's very much you know you have to sign up pay 100 pounds and just hope that you do okay you know and it's there's very little like room for maneuver so it's like i'd love to be able to create heats or create a bit more i know kind of a bit more excitement around and get more people involved it's just it's very hard to find the time to be like how, how do you do that what's the answers for that and it is it's it's disappointing because it's like you want things to be just great now but in actual fact it'll probably be like aim for you know ne end of next year you've got something better in place and kind of hopefully you get the right people behind you by then yeah so i suppose kind of tied in a little bit to um you know your role as um community the community coordinator mm -hmm. yeah. with uh, sca uh one of our longtime listeners david is coffee sent in a question mm -hmm. Said, uh, Stephen championed the Northern Irish Aeropress competition. Can he tell us how significant that's been for the community in Northern Ireland? And can we expect more Northern Ireland specific comps in the future? Oh, absolutely. Like, um, I think it was, again, it was sort of pre pandemic, um, a very great, well, well, probably the OG kind of specialty coffee shop from Belfast established. Um, coffee in Belfast, they had always. They the ones who started the Aeropress competition here. I think it had been, I think maybe uh, Colin down in 3FA had started it the year before, but Mark, who owns established Mark and Bridging, they championed kind of bringing a competition to here. So I think it was like 2014 or 2015, they did the first ever Northern Ireland Aeropress. And something we've always seen is kind of like, once you organize something, that people are like, cool, so you'll do it next year. And then they kind of fell into that rhythm of like, okay, we'll do it again, do it again, do it again. Um, and it was always great because it brought everyone together. It was an accessible competition. Um, Bailey's, who I worked for, usually got to roast the coffee for it. So it was cool for me being a new kind of roaster to roast cool, exciting coffees. Um, and then it was kind of, they were then transitioning. This is maybe the end of 2019. They were transitioning into beginning their roasting. They'd always been a, just a cafe, but then they were moving into opening their own roastery. So they kind of had asked me to be like, oh, would you and Bailey's like take over the Aeropress? And they're like, absolutely, sounds great. So it kind of got my head turned up being like, right, how can we make this a more, you know, it, it, is it a community event or is it like a, an us event? Um, you know, is it just a Bailey's event? Is it just an established event? You're trying to like sort of differentiate or trying to figure out um, the best way of doing it. And then obviously the pandemic hit and then it kind of everything got kind of side like the void of the last three years um but it was 2021 it was just kind of one of those things that was like i really wanted to make it happen because again we've been no one had been together there wasn't really any community anymore because obviously you know you couldn't sit in cafes anymore you had to get takeaways and it was very little connection with people so it was a big thing for me to be 
kind of create an event that a first of all was safe and actually legal to do it but also try and make it a community event it wasn't about me it wasn't about Bailey's it wasn't about one specific person it was trying to get more people involved um so we were able to do again reaching out to the right people got managed to get a good venue you know kind of made it work um which was an awful lot of work actually when i realized when i was doing it by myself um and it was an interesting event because it was like there was what 30 something competitors but there was only like 40 spectators because you weren't allowed as many people and so it was a very it was a very unusual event and there was no actual finals no one actually went to the world um but for me it was like listening to what people what did you want from this competition what is it you wanted to see going forward so then the next year same thing kind of happened people are like oh are you doing it again this year Stephen? so i just started lucid it was just opening it was like yeah like let's do it let's try and figure out and let's try and make this one a big one because again the last couple of years have been pretty grim let's try and make an, an event that kind of brings everyone together and i feel really proud of that one because it was like it was it was a huge undertaking and it was stupid in the first few months of my business <laughs> trying to float this all by myself and organize it but again experience and like the connections I made the year before and again just you know this is what i want to achieve can you help me and people were just so like yeah what can we do so sponsors were great had loads of good support and it, i think it was like 160 170 people at it and it was wild like you look at the photos back from it and it was insane like everyone's drunk on Oatly cocktails, there's prizes, there's coffee competition. It was a really fun event. Um, and it got me, it was like, wow, this is great. Like, it was the first time, like, you had, if there was any sort of forms of clicks or anything like that, they were all gone. Everyone was there, everyone was hanging out. And it was really, really nice to see. So again, this year, moving into it, it was like, well, how can we make it, again, more of a community thing? So basically, again, I knew I wouldn't have as much time I was going to be really stretched when I first started organizing it again. Um, so basically, I reached out to all the like a lot of roasteries here in Northern Ireland, basically with like like I can't do this by myself anymore financially. It, it I took a hit on it last year because it was just it, it, there's a lot more costs and you kind of don't realize. Um, so it's like how can I? And again, it's it wasn't meant to be a, a lucid event. It wasn't meant to be a Stephen Houston show. It was like this is the community. I'm helping organize it, but but then it's like how can I make it more? So reach out to all the roasteries. So we did, and we basically all came together. And now Sarah, um, a colleague of mine, used to work, or well, well, she works for Bailey's. She took over a lot of the the headaches, which I'm ever thankful for because she really kind of took a lot of the <laughs> horrible annoying stuff off my plate. But basically, as a group, there was seven roasteries involved. All the costs were split. We had different people with different elements, different you know, uh, bringing in different sponsors, bringing in different things. Um, we did a draw to who would roast the coffee and again try to really make it a community event i think we really succeeded this year we made it on a sunday afternoon so it's a bit more easier for families to come along um but again it was trying to and we had brew bars we had other fun stuff on so it was again trying to create that kind of like community experience where it's like this is like this is what your priests do when they're not serving you coffee and it was great and like it was like it was a really good event and like again same sort of i think it was about 150 160 people came to it and it get it get it felt really like oh this is great there's a real community here so it was really kind of inspiring to see and like and again like at the end of the day someone got to compete someone gets to like a you know a trip to Australia this year and like there was prizes there's really good sponsorship to it so again like uh, it felt like it's it's a lot of work 
but it's totally worth it when you see kind of all the experience or the, all the people who come away from it or you get a message from someone like yeah that was class i really enjoyed that and you're like well i've done something right so hopefully again next year we can kind of i think again doing it for the first time as a community everyone's on the same page now and i think there's other people want to get involved this year you know coming forward so again hopefully we can you know maybe organize i know like a mini festival or something bigger for it next year so very exciting and again there's there's a hunger for it which was what we wanted to say if you put it on did a lot of effort and no one showed up it's where, where do you go from there how do you make this better but actually people were like is there any tickets left we can't you know so it was you know we, we sold out the spectators so it was it's good <laughs> prove, prove the point i suppose <laughs> It's always the best vibe at a good era press competition, isn't it? It's like Absolutely. it's a lot less serious than any of the competitions. It's it's real fun. Yeah. No, I think I was again like when I try and talk back to competitions, it's like it's it can be stressful because you're worried you're going up in front of your peers, you're up against other people that you know, but it gives you that little bit of experience. But actually, you know, everyone has you're having a drink, you're having a bit of a chat with people. Again, you're connecting with people you might not necessarily you might see them in a cafe, you might know them from a roastery, but you never actually spend any time with them. So it was again, I think that's that's also quite important going forward. You've got those people, those connections, people can help, people give you advice, you know, and that's what it should be about. It should be we're all we're all, we're all doing the same thing. So let's like all help each other a little bit. Because actually then we all get better, you know, that's that's the big thing for me, especially. Yeah, and like it's you know it's a community event, and as much like you can look at it in multiple ways. Like you can go there to like socialize and have a good time. Um, but I entered uh, Aeropress Championship, I think it was two thousand and nineteen, uh, because I had a job interview, and mm -hmm. I knew the person who was interviewing me was going to be at the Aeropress Championship, so I wanted to like show I was part of the community, show I was willing to like travel, you know, mm -hmm. and then. Is, you know they're good networking opportunities if you're looking at things from a sort of professional level as well absolutely and and same with you know the like brewers cup cup taste all those ones it's the same thing it's like you'll see names like oh yeah i've heard of them or like oh yeah they did it last year and you get to talk to that person and, you know it's some superstar barista but actually they're just really normal and really nice you're like oh wow this is great isn't it you know and that's that's for me as well it's like breaking down those kind of like we're all you know all competitors are normal people with normal lives but it's great to kind of like connect and actually get to know each other so that's a big thing for me like i say most of the people i know now that are like good friends and people i really love and respect are from meeting them at coffee competitions or trade shows and things like that so yeah definitely so after all that brewing and all that aero pressing this year you came second in the uk roasting championships yeah. Mm -hmm. and we've not talked much about roasting championships on this podcast mm -hmm. uh, can you sort of describe the setup of the competition and a little bit about how you prepared for it yeah absolutely i mean it's it's again <laughs> it's one of those things i should have been focusing at probably from the start i'm always trying to get better at roasting it's like it's just probably do the roasting competition but um i competed it for the first time it well i can go on to it later on basically like i competed it uh in 2019 just actually about two weeks after the aeropress was crazy a couple of weeks um because we don't have an irish roasting championships i'll leave that for i have a point on that later on um but we didn't have one here so i was like and because i live in northern ireland technically part of the uk i asked yep you can compete but i had to, i basically i wasn't allowed to compete in anything else 
in Ireland for a year because of the the politics, I suppose, of like, I can't just compete in Brewers Cup in the UK and then come back over to Ireland and do it because I didn't win, um, which is fair enough. So I basically wanted to compete in it more. Again, didn't know anything about the competition. Am I actually a good roaster? Does it actually really kind of prove that you're a good roaster? Or, you know, what is, what what's the process behind it? Um, and again, it was just like a really good few days. Again, spending time with actual, you know, people who roast all the time or people from Green Coffee. So it was a really valuable experience and like lots of roasting, lots of copping, lots of learning. Um, but, you know, the actual competition itself is quite, it is quite complicated when you actually <laughs> start to look at the amount of score sheets, the amount of points you have to try and gain. You know, there's a whole Green Coffee roasting side or Green Coffee kind of quality side. So you do a bit of green grading um search so test your knowledge of like do you know what defects look like do you know what what green coffee should look like is it blue green is it yellow green is it you know all these little sort of small things um doing your moisture checks density all those kind of things more sort of showcase like do you understand how to look at coffee how can you assess quality how would you then approach roasting it so you get to do that as your first part of your day and then you basically have like a, pro a production roast day where you have to submit a, a blend and you also have to submit a single origin. So you do usually do on the first day, you do your kind of like uh, practice on the machine, get to see the green coffees, do your green grading. The second day then is your sort of main production day where you have to come up with a blend based on the, the, the sponsors will have maybe three coffees or four coffees, whatever it is. And you have to use at least 10% of each of them to make up a blend. Um, and then a single origin, everyone, the single origins, I suppose, like the compulsory round, because it's kind of, everyone has the same green coffee. You're all roasting on the same machine. So it's like, how do you make it taste different? How would you approach it to make it stand out? The blending is obviously another complicated thing of like, how do you make, you know, what's the three real coffees that you're using, which is the one that'll stand out or which is the one that's got maybe the worst attributes to it? How can you mute that? How can you up, you know, it's, it's, kind of, it is, it is, it's actually quite a lot when you do, get into it and it's like it challenges how you kind of like a compulsory round you just don't know what it's going to be like but you rely then on your experience or rely on your kind of like skill set that you maybe built up being like okay well this one's like washed ethiopian i know this is going to be it'll hopefully bring this this is a natural brazil it what's that going to bring and base it on your kind of experience of like how would you, if that was your roastery or you worked in a roastery and they go here will you profile this coffee what's your steps to make that coffee taste the best it can be obviously in a far more pressurized environment not the environment you're used to and potentially not a machine you're used to so it's again that added element of complication because it's you could be a get on a, a machine you don't roast on so trying to understand how you effectively get good heat transfer from it or how do you manipulate the airflow to get whatever you want to achieve so it's quite an intense for you. and thing about it is it's at least three days of competition so it's quite a lot of time and also like i mean roasting's not the most exciting thing to watch so it's like it's, it's just people stand around kind of looking at a watch looking at you know it's 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 kind of it's not the most high-paced exciting kind of competition to watch um but you know so the, at the end of the day it's like you're you have to submit your green your green grading uh score sheet and then you have to submit roast plans for all your coffees so there's a written sort of element to it as well of like how you're planning to approach this coffee and then on your production day does what you did on the day match up to your plan 
and how you describe the coffee will taste based on a sample roast. So it is quite like a, you know, it's the same sort of process, sample roast, uh, cop it, come up with your flavor descriptors. How can I achieve that then on this production machine and convey that to the judges? So then the judges cop it blind and then they sort of cross-reference then the descriptors or the tactile experience, whatever it is you've kind of written to kind of describe the coffee itself and how the judges are going to perceive it. And also they base it on quality as well. Is it over-roasted? Is it under-roasted? Has it got good acidity? All those kind of things. So it is, it means worth having a look, go on to the World Roasting Championships and look at the score sheets because there's just a ton of stuff you have to do. Um, but it's, again, for me, it was like getting that experience and kind of challenging yourself to be like, how would I approach different things? Or hopefully I can convey, you know, a plan or take a plan. You go, oh, this would taste great if I could do this. And then tasting on the day and been like, okay, I haven't achieved that at all, you know, and kind of hopefully get feedback and hopefully learn from there. Um, so it was, it was an interesting competition. And then the, the final day, you basically all get to cup together, you cup line, so you all cup the, it's kind of frustrating because you're like cupping the cigars and you're like, oh my God, I hope this is mine. Because it's one of them, there's always one or two that are like, oh my goodness. And then there's a load that you're like, oh no, hope that's not my one. So it's kind of a funny day and you're kind of like a lot of waiting around. Like you speak to uh, Rob or any of the ones who judged it, like it's it's a heavy day for the judges because there's a lot of scoring, a lot of cross-referencing. Um, but yeah, I think it's a great competition. Like I loved it. And it was after doing it in 2019, I was really wanting to do it again. Um, I got a little part of me for this year was kind of like, because I'm trying to basically, well, I made a point earlier on, like I've been wanting to try and organize an Irish roasting championships for, it feels like forever, like probably since 2019. And I wanted to bring it here and then COVID and different delays. And then this year it was very, very close to happening. And just other stuff came up. I'm a bit stretched. Sponsorship was wasn't available. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it just keeps push back and push back. So but the reason I competed this year was like I wanted to go and see what it's like now. What's the competition feel like? What's the setup you need? You know, kind of more as a research trip. I didn't. <laughs> it sounds a bit cheeky, but like I didn't plan to like do well in it. It was just kind of like right, go and enjoy it. Spend a few days hanging out with your friends, meet new people. See, again, challenge yourself a little bit, being on like, don't really roast on geesons. So it's kind of like, there's a bit of a fun element to it as well. But I went in with a more of a kind of, I suppose, a lot more relaxed approach. And like the first day went terrible. My sample roasts were awful. Um, my roast plans were based on kind of like experience of kind of, well, I have roasted DR Congo before. So like if I can achieve, you know, it was a real, I felt so unconfident in terms of like what I thought <laughs> was going to happen um but again like i have a lot of experience roasting so on the day managed to kind of like do what i thought would work you know kind of based on a bit of experience or based on different things i kind of picked up over the years um and kind of yeah just i, I, I suppose a different mentality to it so kind of it's now challenging me a bit being like okay i didn't put as much effort in and was really relaxed and did came second <laughs> it's, it's like you know, do I go next year and like spend loads of time getting ready for it and then not even place? So I, I, I'm in a funny position of like, <laughs> will I feel more confident going into next year? Absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, you just never know, do you? You never know. So that was probably a very long winded way of explaining the roasting. <laughs> that's, that's the content that our listeners tune in for. Uh, 
but uh no de definitely like it was it was a great experience and then like as i say getting to like spend time with people like diana and other roasters who i look up to a lot and like obviously diana's coming with she had won it the previous year and she's an absolute wizard at understanding score sheets and understanding everything so it's great to spend time again i didn't win this year and but i got to spend time with her and got to spend time with other people who competed and you pick up so much without realizing even the weeks and you know after you're remembering stuff you, you might have talked about over a beer in that evening you know and it's that things that are more like like why i love competitions it's like yeah it's class and it's, and it's also nice like friends win it's like oh brilliant you know it's really good to see people you you have a lot of respect for and a lot of love for doing well um but it's all those little things that are part of that like having a beer having a chat oh actually i picked up on that or you know dave gave me this gave a bit of advice i never thought about you know so it's for me it's it also becomes a lot more not just about the win it's about that experience of spending a few days doing something like that together is really kind of and it's a beautiful location as well i've never been to lewis which is in the sort of south of england beautiful place so it was it was all a very nice uh, <laughs> very nice experience all over yeah awesome uh was there anything else you were hoping to talk about before we wrap things up today um i don't think i mean i don't think so like again it's i feel i feel a little bit out of the loop i was always like i'm on this podcast about competitions and it's not you know roasting's the only thing i've done in recent years which is <laughs> um but i think it's this 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 kind of thing is really important because again as i mentioned it's like those little insights and those little bits of advice that you might sort of say without realizing but someone could pick up on that and be like oh actually yeah i, I want to give this a go now or i didn't know which way to go or you hear another competitor talking about how they've approached it it can just give people that kind of little bit of inspiration a little bit of like confidence to actually go and ask someone that's like oh is this the right thing i should do or how do you get started on your journey because um competition for me has just been like just preparing for competition as I, as I mentioned like i've done outside of coffee a lot of martial arts did kickboxing for years and then i did jiu-jitsu but for me it's the the process of like if you're putting your time and effort into something and something like a competition you have a, a date to get ready for that's the time you have between now and then to get better you know and that's so whether you, whatever your process is whatever way you attack it you're always going to learn something so it's like for me personally it's like that having competition is a great way of just like helping focus your learning and really kind of discover a lot more about your own capabilities as well and i think that's that's the biggest thing when i then started my own business you know kind of taking these leaps of like oh god can i do this you're just i'm learning all the time and i think that's that's just as important yeah like i'd love to win or want to be the best rooster in the world but you know how can you always get there and always kind of like you know take critique take feedback learn and move on and kind of like and again build a community based around that makes it so much easier especially now like if i have an issue or like i'm like oh, well, what would i do i know i can pick up the phone and speak to any number of people and get great advice from and it's because of years of kind of hopefully doing the same for them and or even just you know meeting each other and hanging out together i think it's just there's a lot more to competition than you know just the winning and you know but that's how you can end up getting there as well so it's you know i think it's it sort of encapsulates the whole community and the whole kind of reason people well for me how like how you want to compete um because again it's like it's, it is a journey and everyone's kind of doing the same thing but there's so much to learn there's so much to kind of like there's so much you can take from it and it just transcends into like lots of other parts of your life as well for me especially it was like i was way more organized with like scheduling things because i had to pick my time to try you know to train or to get ready for something 
So now I'm a bit, I have to be more organized because I don't have any time in my day to do anything. Um, so again, without realizing, getting ready for competition helps a lot of things in your life for sure. Yeah, couldn't agree anymore. Like I'm a, I'm one of those people that goes through like my Outlook calendar and I'm like, so I'm gonna put in an hour there for, you know, UKBC practice and I'm gonna invite people, you know, I think yeah. for me, and like you said, having that deadline, it's like you feel it and it's, it's a good way to push yourself. No, absolutely. Like it's, that's, it's like a big thing for me has been having that kind of, cause I think if you're just like, oh, I'm thinking about competing and just kind of like going with the flow, you're never putting the same amount of effort. I'm a bit, I need the pressure, I think a little bit, which is probably yeah. a bit, bit detrimental sometimes, but you know, you, it can help you focus a little bit more and help you kind of really kind of get there i suppose and uh having this chat with you has given me the pressure now after this call i'm gonna go and try and learn my routine for <laughs> ukbc next year when when is the competition is it it's maybe? uh it's yeah. not been announced yet but um i guess world of coffee i think it's south korea for first mm -hmm. championships i think that's maybe june i think it's it's, it's either may or i think april's Brewers Cup, I think, and then right. I think it's English one every month, which is making my kind of thought like I definitely can't get much time off next year. So it's like, how can I? <laughs> which ones can I go to? <laughs> As I should have entered, so I could win something to be like, oh, I have to go to. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, and I have to go away for a week to South Korea. Well, we'll see. So yeah, knowing the timings of how things need to run, it, I'm guessing heats in the UK would probably be like December, January. And we'd, we'd have to have like finals by like March. Yeah, so it's quite, yeah, maybe, yeah, it's already like mid October. So, <laughs> yeah, but for, for me, I know like it's not been announced, but it could be announced at like any moment. And I'm like, if I start now, I can like get myself in the right mindset. No, absolutely. I think that's again, I think that comes from experience as well. Like, you know, it's coming or like you want to do it again, you know what you need to put into that you know, you want to do well in it. So it's like, I think that's a very clever way to do it. Cause again, when it gets announced, you're already in that kind of mindset, you know? Yeah. Sure. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Stephen, for taking the time to chat to me today. So welcome. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks for listening to Hello Judges. I had a great time chatting with Stephen about all his experience across different competitions and more specifically about the comp scene in Ireland and Northern Ireland. Who would you like to see on the podcast next? You can email me at hellojudgespodcast at gmail.com and make sure you subscribe to stay up to date. We're going to let this podcast cool down a little bit to the optimum drinking temperature. Please do not assess until after I've called time. Thank you. Time. <laughs>